Hello. Welcome, welcome. <clears throat> welcome indeed to another deep thoughty wabba. Or is Obviously. it is it an imagined deep thoughty wabba? Mm. We will never know. It's it's up to everyone to figure it out. You know, it doesn't matter because we're all in a simulation. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards that. So, yes, this episode is all about the simulation theory. We're going to dive into some of the scientific reasons and then um, go over so many things that I think can link with this. Uh, I think some people have an idea that if a simulation for the universe is real, then all these other things can't exist. And I don't, I think it's kind of the opposite. I think it kind of might explain a lot of things that coexist. Mm-hmm. So let's start. Let's do this. Let's get yeah. it. For some people that like aren't really sure what we're talking about here. So this is a, um, David Chalmers is a NYU philosopher. And he said, we're not going to get proof that we're not in a simulation. We're not living in a simulation because evident, any evidence that we get could be simulated. And that's, that's kind of like the issue here. It's like right. everything can technically come down to this. What is a simulation? A simulation is an action of pretending or deception. So in this case, I think a lot of people do think of it like a computer um, because we're like in this virtual world here but if we were so deep into it you wouldn't really know it's like you wouldn't be able to tell the difference yeah and like a, the matrix is a great way to explain it yeah like looking right. into some sort of a like a computer like they were saying where it is showing you something that's not really happening where you are to you you think it's real you have no idea that it's like that a simulation is going on exactly we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into that but um, scientifically, the simulation argument is just that the theory um, that nature and all existence could be artificially simulated. So <laughs> it, if reality is simulated, then, yeah, our conscious minds wouldn't be able to tell. We would be so deeply in this that it would feel like our true reality. For sure. Well, it's, it's kind of like dreaming. Yeah, it's like but it's like an incredibly could realistic it... dream. You don't know uh -huh. that it's not a dream. Oh, all the time. Different. So it's like would be crazy though if in reality everything looked like this, like true reality. Yeah, the numbers, zeros and ones, and it's all just right. code that's being written. It's incredibly interesting. So the the reality of base, base reality, is just the concept that there are multiple layers of reality that progressively get deeper to you get to the true existence itself, which the argument here is that we may not be in base reality. Mm. Right. So Elon Musk, of course, one of the people I quoted in here a few times, there's a one in billions chance that this is base reality, that what we see, a one in billions. Right. That's kind of trippy. The idea basically, I, th I believe, started in science fiction. You can kind of see the progressiveness here, um, especially in movies. I mean, we're in 1992 where this first kind of started um, 
being seeped out into the masses, just this idea that what we see is not really what's happening. And I think that it really wasn't until The Matrix that things really blew up. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even then, I mean, it, that's almost 10 years later, you know, where you see, like, a little bit of drips here and there, and then The Matrix hits, and then everyone's like, whoa. I, the Matrix really put this idea into people's heads when they realized this could absolutely be true. Every time we wake up from a dream, it could be like Groundhog Day. You know, this is basically what the matrix is about you think you're living in this other world but really everything is a simulation so 11 years later after the first movies seeped this idea out is when scientists really started to take it seriously and then it became a theory a legitimate scientific theory well i mean and as well as the public is concerned but who's not to say that like we talk about this a lot in hollywood when we talk about seeding when they're putting information out there inside For of movies sure. and stuff that are 100 percent real but they're trying to show the public and get them used to it before a full-up campaign of whatever it is they're talking about comes out right yeah and it's um there is a documentary on hulu and it's called Glitch in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I that one kind of rubbed me the wrong way only because I realized how people that have a certain perception of all of this being simulated might take it down a really dark path. Oh, for sure. And with the Matrix inspiring some of these some, some of these situations, um, that was kind of depressing to me because people are just like, my life isn't real, nothing is real. But I don't think that's that's the case. I think we need to keep in mind that just because this could be legitimate, that everything's a simulation, doesn't mean that your life doesn't have purpose or um, that the love that you share with your family and your friends and your you know partners isn't legitimate this could just break down past our atoms and seeing what the universe is constructed out of definitely nick bostrom in 2003 wrote a paper and this is where the the scientific theory really gained momentum he was the first scientist to say listen this could absolutely be a possibility so 2003, he wrote this paper, Are You Living in a Computer Simulation? And so his argument here is that one out of three probabilities has to be true. And we'll go over those three. At the bottom here, I put the formula for people that are really smart in math that might want to figure that out. I had no idea. I was like, trying to figure out what this one minus p like all of that i was like what um but if you guys want to go over that you can so the number one probability the human species is very likely to go extinct before reaching a post-human stage Mm -hmm. post-human so that's reaching beyond our flesh suit So um, maybe implanting our consciousness into AI, which we have also seen in movies. So the idea here is that we will basically 
be extinct before we could ever reach that type of technological leap. Yeah. 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 Which is funny because I feel like we're pretty close on the edge of some of these things technology-wise <laughs> yeah. in today's day and age, which just means that the world is going to end very shortly before that happens. So yeah, and this is just one of the probabilities. And you think about how the world is absolute chaos right now, and pretty much mm-hmm. we're doing it to ourselves. Yeah. So this is the, the probability that we will blow ourselves up before we can ever advance to that stage. Yeah, I saw a TikTok and someone was talking about uh, they were like in their 20s and they were like, do you feel like this your whole life? Like on the edge of everything going to like be destroyed? <laughs> and then I really thought about it and I said, well, I'm 10 years older than you. And yeah, it's pretty much been my whole life. It hasn't been any different. And I can't imagine any time in history where people were just comfortable and they didn't think about the inevitable awfulness of what's going on around us. And it's definitely speeding up, I would say. Mm-hmm. The second probability here is that any post-human civilization is extremely unlikely to run a significant number of simulations of their evolutionary history or thereof. So the concept here is if our a civilization was so advanced, why would they bother to run other simulations? Hmm. So if we were already so advanced and we were maybe half AI or half whatever, why would we create more simulations that are just different versions of either history or things that other that has already happened? Why would we do that if we were so technologically advanced? Well, I, think, I think Elon Musk said it in the, his interview with Joe Rogan, like the simulations are kind of distillments of things. So, it's so like a video game is a distillment of what we find exciting. It's so like a, a running around action games. It's, it's the distillment of war. And I think, well, he he said in that interview that base reality would end up actually being rather mundane. Mm. Because if this is a simulation, it's a distillment of what a more mundane society would want in terms of of a simulation. I could see that. Absolutely. I mean, it's like if you were so technologically advanced, why would you create other versions where you can just like enter your past history? Well, if they if they develop a different so there's say like JFK wasn't assassinated, it creates a different history. Different but then people. it's like why would they create a civilization where then you you enter that well, maybe I don't know. Civilization's really boring. I know, and that's that's like a weird thought to think that you were, if it was so technologically advanced, that it would be boring. But it's pro- it's probable. That's why this is one of the, the three probabilities. You know, it'd be like, oh, let's. I'm gonna go into VR today. I'm gonna go relive a, the Civil War or something like that. The oh, third funny. probability that we are almost certainly living in a computer simulation already. So it follows the belief that there's a significant chance that we will one day become post-humans and run ancestor simulations, that that would be false if we are already currently living in the simulation. I don't get the idea of of these ancestor simulations. Quite honestly, they don't make any sense to me why he would even be talking about this. If we were running simulations, 
I don't get why we would run ancestor simulations. If we had the ability to be making simulations, we'd be just making batshit crazy things. Like, why would we give a fuck about going over dinosaurs? You get what I'm saying? Like, it just, just doesn't make right. sense. Right. Because we only have what we only have this reality to base that off of. So it's the idea that everything that happened in our past would be considered an ancestor simulation. Yeah, but I mean, like, have, our life's but, been pretty boring. But we all have imaginations and minds, and just like in this reality, we can do things like create TV shows and movies, so I don't see how that's any different from running a simulation. Right, absolutely. But it's like, then this would be the simulation. But that's what I'm saying, though. It did, To me, it doesn't make sense that we would be running an ancestor simulation. That, that to me, ruins everything he's taught. Like, it just doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense why we would do that. I, I just don't see the benefit or the or the need for it to to be playing our Earth's history over and over again in the simulation. Well, that's what he's saying is that that it, that would be false. That for it to be a big chance that we would run those ancestor simulations is. I know false. that's what I'm saying though. But what's even the point of bringing that up? Because that's what I'm saying. Like it does. I don't. I just don't understand him bringing up ancestor simulations. None of that makes sense to me or seems valid with what we're talking about in any way. That's all. Hmm. I, I just don't get why he keeps going over. He keeps like going over it about this about well, if we it, we could, why would we run simulations of our past? And it's like, yeah, but why do you keep bringing that up? I just don't understand. It just it it seems to be a mute point to me for what he's arguing. I think maybe you're taking the ancestor part differently. When he says ancestor, it's it's just showing that there was something before now, and so it would be that if we were so advanced. That would be like the ant that we would be running simulations if we were so advanced. That that wouldn't be possible. Not necessarily ancestor like our prehistory, but ancestor as in like we're thinking of reality as in layers. And so if we were so highly technologically advanced, then that would be an ancestor to what we are now. I guess. I Like I said, I just don't understand him bringing it up in the simulation theory because if we were post-human, which means we're no longer human, how is it that we'd be running simulations on human minds? You get what I'm saying? Like, we're there's not humans to do that to. So the reality is, is if we were AI and we were post-human and we were advanced, we wouldn't necessarily be making simulations. We'd more, it'd be more inclined to, like, describe it as, like, making video games that they're playing right because then there would be characters inside of them a simulation which is us like in this theory that would be us so it's saying that like why would they run simulations of a version like us if they are so advanced and there should be other things going on in their world being so advanced why would they run a simulation that looks like ours where everything's kind of mundane and we're stuck in certain limitations and things are kind of shitty have you ever played roller coaster tycoon I mean, yes, I, can, I can come up with re- tons of reasons of why we would want to do that because we do it now with our own video games today. You know, we we take something that's mundane and crazy and then we inject that shit into it for our entertainment. So I can see if if there is an AI post-human that's out there that what they're running is not simulations, but more like uh, it's like they're writing content. They're entertaining themselves with this. Yeah. Ancestor simulation. Right what if the, this reality is just entertainment to a higher mind? 
No, absolutely. So it's just that unless we are ready in a simulation, the chances of us already being post-human and then creating other simulations of ourselves most likely is impossible. It could be a learning mechanism maybe in in the post-human culture. They've kind of lost humanity, so they simulate it so they can learn from, you know, maybe they send people in to experience experience. To right. see how humanity works, so that they can apply it to their future civilization. In and that, yeah, and that was probability number one. So these are just the three probabilities. And um, within the math that he did, I mean, that would just be weird. So basically, that's us in there, and we're just like reliving everything. I mean, that's just like kind of trippy. Um. Elon Musk again, if you assume any rate of improvement at all, games will eventually be indistinguishable indistinguishable from reality. Mm-hmm. So we're most likely living in a simulation. Yep. And that's my favorite picture of him of all time. I, I would 100% agree with that today with all the batshit crazy stuff that goes on. Like when we, when Donald Trump was elected president, I was just literally, I said out loud, who the hell wrote this chapter? Yeah. Like were they... Like, let's pick the most batshit crazy thing, throw it in here, and let's see what the hell happens. Let's I see what like, happens. Yeah, throw like in a wrench. Have, yeah, every time we have these crazy events and stuff in life, I, my brain immediately goes to, all right, well, I guess this is for this season. <laughs> this season, exactly. But <laughs> I, I, I think that video games are always going to be kind of what we're going to reflect on. It's the, the evolution of video games and the te- technology is kind of a, a a glimpse, maybe, a glance into our true nature and how easily we could be inside of a virtual world already. We have already kind of seen this with AI, augmented reality. We all know what that is. It's just a technology that superimposes digital information over a user's view using a device like our smartphone. And we're definitely already addicted to our smartphones. I mean, you can do anything. You can play a game on your computer, on your phone, take it with you on a tablet. It's it's becoming something that is so engraved in our society that that could be kind of a, a glimpse into why. Our, like, what is it about us that are just always wanting to kind of escape and go into a digital world where anything is possible. Oops. Well, it's that distillment thing again. We, we, we want something that's distilled on the subject that we want to experience. Yes. Um, virtual reality. <laughs> I mean, this is everywhere. And I can't tell you how many videos I've seen, even that we've played on butt stuff, where, like, people completely forget where they are and they're just, like, they're punching the wall or they, you know, they put on the glasses and all of a sudden they're, like, screaming and they think they're going to fall off a cliff and then they Mm -hmm. fall and they hurt themselves. It's, like, it feels so real that you instantly forget that you're playing a game. That everything is simulated. Well, what's the difference then between simulated reality and virtual reality? That's kind of the um, is the it example. That's the question. So That's still, the question. You still have bodily like autonomy, but in a full simulation, you're physically in the simulation kind of thing well, you no, have a physical sensation of the simulation we'll get there that's kind of the the 
layers. Up, yeah. It's the layers of possible simulation. Is that's kind of where we would get into? Where do we fit into it? How does it fit into it? Rizwan Verk, he um, kind of took Nick Bostrom's idea, but kind of twisted it a little bit. Um, and he is an author. He wrote two different books of the simulated hypothesis and a simulated multiverse. He helped co-found tons of video games, Discord, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Hmm. He calls this the road to simulation. What are the steps that would happen? What are kind of the things that we would see on our way to a simulated reality? So he said, how close are we getting to creating a full immersive virtual reality that would be indistinguishable from our physical world to the point where we can consistently fool ourselves into thinking we're in a virtual world, which led him to create the roadmap. And that is the road to the simulation point. These are kind of like in stages. Um, so stage one, text adventures, uh, graphical arcade and graphical, I don't know how to say that word, I, M-M-O-R-P-G. <laughs> M-M-O-R-P-G. Yeah. So this is just a shared virtual world where there's lots of players, everyone's role-playing a character. It's rendered or it's non-rendered, like in a cloud server, um, recording, streaming like we are now, realistic landscapes and humans and we are pretty much past these stages the mm -hmm. he said those are the stages we've already passed so we're going into stage four which we'll look at in a second um which is a virtual reality in stage Actually, five stage five we're already in stage five yeah we're already in stage five yeah well yes and no um we'll go over that um, so it's kind of just like how increasingly video games have gotten that that's kind of what we're seeing now. It's like the processing speeds, everything just gets faster and faster and faster. We have reached the point of super photorealism with, with, uh, textures and how they, how they handle looking at odd angles, because that's, that's what tricks your brain into thinking it's real is, is it looking real when you look at it, like in a human yeah. way instead of a, a computerized way stage four virtual reality stage five is photorealistic augmented reality but see i think the stage that we're in now is like we can create these robots and stuff but it's not necessarily 100 percent fluent yet Stage six is 3D printing and light field displays. And this is kind of like what you see in Star Wars. It's like a, a holographic version of yourself, it, but it could be in real time. It could be recorded in the past or it can be real time. And there's like a little holographic version of you appearing in someone else's living room. Those, those are kind of holograms though, can they, can they affect physical reality? Like, because there's, no. there's a difference between, like, say, the Star Wars one, that's your more conventional kind of hologram message, whereas the the Star Trek one, it, it makes a physical object that you can pick up afterwards. 
Yeah, it's not there yet. They're still in the stage of where it's just pretty much visual. And that's how they're doing a lot of like the concerts and stuff these days with like the people who passed and things like that here in Vegas. They have all of these concerts now where you can see the hologram version of, you know, who they uh, Elvis or something like that. Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, he said we're already... Um, we're seeing that line blurred already with the introduction of 3D printing. We can print everything from a motorcycle to a guitar, and some companies are using 3D printing for blood vessels. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see that biology is a science about information, which is what 3D printing is all about. It's about yep. creating objects from information. They're even they're even 3D printing uh, like organs and things like that now these days they found out a way to make um biological like human cells and stuff like that out of uh what is it not bone marrow what's the other one uh placentas and things like that and they take they take the the cells from it and then they can recreate them and they're literally like uh bioprinting um like new ears for people or livers or things like that that's pretty rad yeah, I've it's seen that on some rats. It's not by any means like, you know, uh, deep up in the oh, medical world. Okay. It's all very okay. experimental still. But like it's it's still. But we've seen it on rats and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just that they haven't implemented all of it into like the stages of what we would use today. But they're definitely 100% in the works and working on all sorts. They're even printing food, if I remember correctly. They learned how to uh, make the proteins of like meat like a cow and they can actually print like a 3d printed steak that you can eat and it tastes exactly the same well, that's just like nutso and uh and uh, it's but that's where we're headed right I mean, it is but it's just showing that literally we can recreate our physical reality physical things in our mm-hmm. reality based off of just information solely well, off of information well, yeah if you think about like star trek and stuff like didn't they have those things like in like the dining room hall like when you wanted something you like say to the machine like i'll have a bowl of pudding that's what that was it was 3d printing right. you whatever it is that you wanted it's not like the ship like magically snapped its fingers and it had the product right there. it uses it's way more advanced than like what we think of as 3d printing though it uses like exactly Star Trek beams, where you can't see it, it just kind of goes and it's there. Mm-hmm. But and they use it, but they use that, and place. they use that in a lot of space shows, and even today, like the one with uh, Seth MacFarlane, whatever his show is called. Oh, it's the, the Orville. Same thing. The Orville. The Orville. The same thing. They have those things in their room where you could be like, when the one when they get get addicted to the cigarettes, and they keep asking the machine for cigarettes, like that's it's basically a three D printer inside of their room, just in a way more advanced version of it. Right. So this is kind of like an example. Like if we can recreate things here just off of information solely, that gives us a huge glimpse into the possibility that what we're already in was created the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Stage seven brain computer interfaces. That's our next. Step. Um. And like what Elon wants. Oh Lord have mercy. Upload a memory or certain knowledge through a brain computer interface. I mean, that's just like what? And I mean, yeah, Elon I, I will would, probably get us there in like a year. 
I would think about it almost <laughs> in the same way that you would think about those moving photography uh, frames that people get, right? So instead of printing out a photo and putting it on there, they have these digital photo frames where you could do a whole collage and it rolls through all of these things. I could imagine we get to the point where instead of taking pictures, you upload your memories and then your memories are playing inside of that. So I, I, I see that very much so to be on track with where we're going. It's the same oh. thing when you talk about Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. It's going to get to the point where like you're going to actually be able to upload your brain. It's not going to be you sitting like there typing the cloud, anymore. The cloud exactly. is in your brain. Exactly. Yeah. It reminds me of Black Mirror. There's plenty of Black Mirror episodes like yep. this and it never ended good. It was always bad. Oh. oh, stage eight, false memories and learning. Um, can you imagine? So this is like you put a cartridge in your head and all of a sudden you know Kung Fu. And that's what happens in the Matrix, right? When um, Neo's trying to break past his mental limitations. And Morpheus is like, you, you got this. But it's basically like they just put it into code it was available for him and he just had to learn it by knowing that he can do it mm-hmm. and it would that would just be i mean college would be so different you would just be paying for different brain chips you know it's like oh i, I want my phd in philosophy and then you purchase all these different like cartridges and you just like insert it in your brain and all of a sudden you know that's how supervillains are born. I was just going to say, that sounds like so dangerous too, because if you think about it at the end of the day, what programs these chips are humans and we are always going to error. That's right. what humans do. So like, why would you want to put some piece of weird fucked up thing in your brain with the possibility of knowing that it was human made and, and something could go wrong? <laughs> I can see like cartridge recalls. Yeah, exactly. it's like, right. whoops, like solid, we accidentally solid, said yeah, cut 20, this artery instead of this one, all and then everyone dies. Models of doctors need to be recalled. They are accidentally yeah. children. Like, you know, just random <laughs> shit like that. Exactly. If you or a loved one was operated on exactly. this cartridge and this year, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly, by Gen 6. <laughs> but then also that that leads into what you were saying before. If If we are, in fact, in a simulation, what's the fucking point of making us giving us chips and stuff like that to be doctors or things because it's all a simulation at the end of the day. So what does that even matter? Well, maybe that that they could be mapping out how many different paths to a post-human society there are. Maybe. So by pushing us to the point where we're absorbing vast amounts of information, it's all part of the, the evolution process to get us to that next step. Yeah, but are you really evolving... If at the end of the day, what's really happening is we are no longer learning and downloading. Like, I feel like we're learning technology, though. But no, but that's what I mean, though. So, like, when you come to technology, like, we are the technology. Well, there's this big idea that we actually get stupider and lazier the better we get at advanced technology because all we're doing is finding ways to make our lives easier. So, instead of me going to school for six plus years to get my doctorate, I can buy this chip and put it in my head. To me, it seems like it's not as good as a payoff as if you would have worked hard and actually studied it and learned it. Instead, it's not that you know the information, it's that the chip inside of your head knows the information. So What's we're that actually, movie I love? So I feel like we would be getting dumber because we wouldn't, why would we go out and learn anything? Why would we put our kids in school when we could just put a chip in their brain? 
no, it's that movie. I love that movie. What is it called? No, I have no idea. Upgrade. Um, and they drink the gate. They like think that basically Gatorade is like water. Um, idiocracy. Idiocracy. Yes, it's like idiocracy. They even though they're advanced in certain areas, like they're they stupid, all just went exactly. so stupid, and it's exactly. like they're I mean. just addicted to. Yeah, it's just like nuts. And people always use that example, like, "Look at us, we're already turning into idiocracy," and that's that's a thing. As things get easier, then we stop learning how to do them manually. Hmm. Ay ay Maybe the simulations become unstable as we become aware of them. Possibly. Maybe this Possibly. is a thing. Like the more we become aware of being in the simulation, the more off the rails it gets, and the more it kind of breaks down because we're not supposed to know. I think. Well, and that's that's a big idea about like the Mandela effect and why that's happening. It's because we're breaking through the simulation and we're starting to glitch their codes and stuff like that. Hold it. We will oh. talk about those things, please. Okay. So, stage nine: AI and NPCs, which are non-person characters. Rizwan said today. An extended conversation with any AI or NPC will convince us that it's not human. But we are much further along than we were in the past, and we're not that far off from that. It's much easier to train in the metaverse in a virtual environment than it is in a physical environment. And that's why self-driving car companies are turning to virtual environments to do as much as te- like testing as possible. It's safer that way. It's safer to train with NPCs. I don't want no one driving my car but me, so. I know. Stage 10, downloadable consciousness. The idea of of being able to download consciousness fully and live in a virtual environment. Uh, It's now referred to as a digital afterlife. Yep. The materialists believe that if we can simply map out every single neuron and connection called a connectome of the brain, we will then have everything we need to move that consciousness. It's a concept that is sometimes referred to as abstract independence, where you could have that same intelligence or consciousness that used to run on a biological computer running on a silicone computer silicon computer having it run in substrate would be like you have to consider the amount of energy that it would require to run this kind of reality on a substrate to our reality and you know if it say if it was for like one one consciousness to go live in the virtual world it would be a bit overkill but once we've reached that point to have that technology i don't know why they wouldn't induct way more people in so have you guys watched Upload on Amazon? No. I've seen the trailer. It looked interesting. I would watch it if I were you, but it's like this idea that they've created a virtual afterlife. And so if you catch yourself in time before you die, they can immediately upload your consciousness. But it's like this entire system where you would have had to pay into it, have someone else on the outside continuously pay into it, because in the virtual world... It's like this world. Th- certain things cost certain money. You know, Are you like talking about the one show where is the guy who dies, but his girlfriend stays behind, and she like uploads his consciousness, even though he didn't like ask for it or anything. Correct. Now he's yeah. Stuck in the afterlife, poor, uh-huh. and she like threatens him with the money because yeah, it's not free. Like if you want a T-shirt, like you just don't have it. If you want something to it's eat, so like, sad. They, costs money. 
there's like this area within the um afterlife because afterlife is like great like if you have the money if you've invested into it everything is fantastic it's like the best world you could ever live in and it goes on forever but you would have had to really invest in that or have someone investing into you and then Mm -hmm. it's like a layer in that world are either people that didn't invest as much or people that ran out of money and there's like moments where they're like instead of everything being colorful and look like the world it's like they're in a basement and everything's just black and white because it's like you didn't pay for that um for like that extra coating you know and there's like times where then certain body parts start to like just go away or they go into like this weird state where they're basically frozen they're not there they're just like waiting they're either going to stay that way till they just disappear or till someone adds more money into them so they can like it's just it's so crazy strange yeah it's supposed to be a comedy it is. It's funny. It is. It's funny. But it's <laughs> funny. It's, it's making fun of the idea that, like, here on Earth, like, we will nickel and dime you past your death if we can. Right. Is oh, for what sure. Is. Yeah. And there's, like, people in the outside world that are helping run the simulation that, like, take all your information and construct what you look like and add certain things to you or you know just it's so strange and then there's like an area where you're not supposed to go beyond because there's like black market stuff it's like things that aren't offered in the normal afterlife it's just like it's so weird and you just put the connections to where we probably might go Honestly, one of my favorite things about being able to die is that I won't have to pay any bills anymore. So, like, that just sounds like a whole nother hell, like, going into. You know what I mean? Like, why would I want to live on Earth over again, personally? I think that's the concept is, like, we think it'll be great. We have everything and we live forever. But there's still circumstances in order to keep that running. So, like, you could have just been done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is kind of the two, the two different versions, and that's why we see the contrast in between Nick Bostrom's world of um, simulation theory and Rizwan Verks. So these two different versions are really simple. It breaks down into either a non-person character or a role-player game. Mm-hmm. The non-person character, we already know we're not involved in that, and that's Nick Bostrom's version. Mm-hmm. And that is where... We are the simulated AI. We are non-person character. Someone else is either running the simulation or running us. But it's we not are you. we are the sim. We're not involved. We are basically being everything played. is predetermined for us, and we don't have any right. deciding factor over the the running of the of the reality we're experiencing. And in Rizwan's version is the RPG version. So he thinks it's a role player game in which we exist outside of the simulation. If consciousness is coming from an outside confinement, we are the consciousness which is streaming into our virtual world where we're playing our roles. So instead of either being predetermined or someone else doing it, it's still us. It's just that we are outside, which... um. I feel like the, to go back to the movie The Glitch in the Matrix, a lot of the people there were thinking that we are non 
person characters that someone is either playing us or everything is just so not real that we're not actual real people like we don't have a legitimate consciousness that's our own we're just being played and I kind of subscribe more to the role player game that it's our consciousness still mixed in with everything being a simulation like we're a part of that we're a part of creating it well our brains are the pineal gland could be a an antenna of sorts for right. the signal of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And yes. Then, when you factor in like re- remote viewing and non-locality, we'll get um, there too. Yeah. Pump your brakes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like to me, this is what I see. I see like we're still us. In a strange form, it's not like human, it's like different, but it's still us, but we're like still in, I don't, it's, there's, there's a lot of layers to it, opposed to a real person entering and then everything in the world being totally fake. Um, I wanted to see, or this is when I kind of started to reflect certain glimpses of the simulation theory into our real life. The golden ratio, the Fibonacci sequence, and fractals. We see that they're found in almost everything around us, right? It kind of links to sacred geometry. But it's like this to me is a physical glimpse of what the world, our entire life can be made out of. As above, so below. All geometric shapes um, replicating over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. Um, I'd love to do an episode just about the Fibonacci sequence, but... That would be a fun episode. Yeah. Indeed. So these are our final thoughts. I have two pages of final thoughts that we'll go over. The placebo effect. Um, us believing something and then it just kind of happening to our body... Can that be because we're just, like, changing our code? Manifesting. The same thing. Can that be how things just appear into our world? Either because we're outside of, like, if we are in a role-playing simulation. If that's what we want, we just add the code to it, and then our person gets it. Well, that also applies to the Heisenberg principle of if we're observing it, we are changing it. So if we're observing it from outside it, then our observation and intent of the ob- observation will change the the, ma- the quantum matrix of whatever's going on. Yeah, and it's also kind of the same thing with, like, synchronicities. Um, and it seems like they appear out of nowhere, but I don't think they do. And I've seen synchronicities being linked with both versions of the simulation theory. Again, I did see that in the Glitch in the Matrix documentary where they're just like, oh, I want to see, this guy's like, I want to see a fish. I want to see a fish. And then all of a sudden he turns down a road that he's been a million times and there's like a fish sign on the wall that he's never seen before. Kind of like what you want you're then generating. And so to us, it might seem um, 
divine in a sense, but maybe it really is just code that's manifesting itself. I mean, but that's been a common misconception throughout all of history when it comes to ancient people and the idea of gods and stuff like that, right? So like the Native Americans, when the whites and the Spaniards were first coming to America, they actually thought that they were gods coming on ships, riding the ocean. And then when they got there, they realized, oh, shit. So I think part of that is just our human nature to constantly want to know things about where we came from and and who we are. And so we're constantly um, taking things like that and putting it in the light of divinity or religion or our creator or something like that. Mm -hmm. When in fact, I would go out on a limb and say eight times out of 10, it's has nothing to do with that and everything to do with yourself. Cray cray. Um, Could like evil, awful people just be like a computer virus? That's a, an interesting thought. I like negative, like negative uh, traits in people could be construed as like viruses. Yeah, because it's like when things go wrong on your computer, it's from a virus. So what if like, I, I mean, you could even take that down to like, I don't know if I added this in the next page so I can make sure, but um, I'm thinking you could even take that down to like maybe a cancer cell or something like that. It's like there's some type of virus, something wrong in your coding and then it manifests in a messed up way on your body. Yeah, but if we're master coders and manipulators and living in this fucking simulation, then what is the point of um, what's the point of simulating people having cancer or mass school shootings or any of those things? You know, because they're constantly. It's about, it's about experiencing humanity. I think it's it's about experiencing experience at all different levels. Like we say about like the universe being alive and experiencing itself. Or maybe it's it's kind of like that, but it's us experiencing experience through this simulated reality. See, and I see it so differently. I truly honestly feel like it is purely more out of entertainment, and that's why it gets as wild and crazy as it does sometimes, because it's not necessarily about just having an experience, but more so of the fact of, our reactions to all of these things are entertaining to other people the same way we watch reality TV. Well, it's like, okay, right here, like the ups and downs in life. Could that just be our player getting bored? Like maybe exactly. when you're going through a depression phase and you're not getting anything done in your life, it's like your player is just bored with you and you're, it's not really playing you anymore. You're just like on auto drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and is then it feels like I'm it's a save point when I go to the fridge and I stare at it. Probably. Maybe. Your player's like, right. oh, there's nothing in the fridge. I just, uh, do I even have to feed this thing? Right. <laughs> um, you know, we see that, that time, s- things are slowing down in space. And that can be a reflection of maybe processing power. What do you mean by that? Like Big Bang, for example. So the, en- the entropy of everything is of like a up. fast explosion, right. and then things slowing down as we go in. That that could be processing power. It could be. It could be the as more people are loaded into the simulation across a universe, not just say planet Earth. I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time with the time slows down farther in space you go because time has everything to do with its with your relevancy to where you are and how fast you're traveling. Well, it so depends maybe, on what, what kind of gravity well you're in. I was like, yeah, so like maybe time seems like it's slowing down 
at the edges for us here on Earth. But when you get to that edge, it's not like it's in slow motion by any means. Like it would be in real time in that space you were seeing it. So I don't think necessarily time slows down the further in space you go. I just think that we are limited to how we perceive time far away in space. Right. But when the Big Bang bang happened, it started from one point and expanded out. It didn't do it instantly. So that could have been a reflection of processing power as it was loading. If it was loading a finite thing, though, it would have a stopping point. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that one then, just well, We don't even me. know where the edge of the universe hits, though. Well, so. We don't even know where the beginning of the universe is. We're only alluding that it well, was this, the Big this Bang. This begs the we question, have... like, as, as the universe is expanding, what is it expanding into? Now, if it was digital and it wasn't actually expanding into anything because it's simulated, theoretically, it could go on forever. But the fact that it is slowing down and trusting and like interestingly too i mean a couple weeks ago it was all over the news that scientists were kind of baffled at the fact that things were speeding up in space like things were moving farther and farther at a faster rate from us i mean what if the simulation got a reboot or like that technology is advanced advancing so then hours our processing time is speeding up too What do you mean by processing time? Yeah, the, the whole processing time thing is what's throwing me off. I do not understand what you're talking about. Time, like time is like our like our like, life here. Time, like things are loading here. faster. So it, it would be like this the time concept of like speeding up, you mean. Right. But I'm yeah. saying that in processing power because it's being reflected to this all being a simulation, like a giant computer. Well if it's say like collective consciousness of the planet and then we're becoming aware of the power of consciousness that makes us more powerful so maybe the maybe it's like a, a power resonance within the simulated conscious well simulated reality field like as we become as we wake up and we become aware of it maybe it makes it more powerful or it creates a power surge because we don't know what the passage of time could look like if there is any on the outside if this is the rpg for sure type of simulation so for sure for sure for what what could be 70 years of a life for us could be 15 minutes there so it's awful power, power surge there would be like that but it could take 15 years in our time to build up to become that power surge so time dilation is a very very strange thing it really is the other concept here is like the small world aspect. It could be that a certain amount of consciousnesses are rendered at the same time. So like when you are seeing the same people over and over again or other people see the same people that you know and you're like, oh, what a small world. That it could just be that there's only a certain amount of consciousnesses that are rendered in at one moment. Mm-hmm. And so then shards, the, the way that uh, MMORPGs work now is they have shards of a shared reality so you can run around but you'll you'll hop between all these different shards with a set amount of people in each so that that kind of does make sense it's kind of like a mesh network of different nodes of people yeah it's kind of interesting um and math everything that we have breaks down to math uh human math let's remember that human math 
Newtonian. Newtonian. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of like, how would people react if they thought that this was a real thing? Would it turn into Grand Theft Auto? 100%. (laughs) Um, Or that one movie, what is it, Player One or whatever it is? Yeah, Ready Player One. Mm -hmm. Um, One was a good movie. I highly recommend it. Uh, Dementia and Alzheimer's, could that just also be kind of like maybe someone clicks out of their player and then your... um, digital makeup like starts to forget because maybe you're not paying into it or you're not updating it and then you start to forget different parts of your life and the people around you dreams can be many that is a scary thought i know (laughs) uh dreams they could be i mean they're basically like mini simulations i absolutely Uh, subscribe to that idea um the matrix defense that's held up in court where people literally think that they're living in a simulation so they get you know they get off on certain um charges because they've literally convinced themselves that there aren't any true consequences if you rid someone of their life because they were fake anyway it's not real yeah it's awful um people repeating the same conversations words and phrases like on the tv and on the news we have seen so many things. Obviously, yes, it could be conspiracy-wise that people are told the same thing over and over again. But it could also just be that there's programmed sayings and viewpoints. It's limited on its vocabulary. Yeah, it's, and it's so, trapped inside of this idea of like this is what this 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 is what this station represents. So you can only have these ideas out there. Right. And flat Earth. Could the Earth actually be flat if it's only like rendered at that moment? I was like, but okay, but that's that's like a whole other fucking rabbit hole because if it's all a simulation, there is no Earth, there is no physical Earth, so right. there is no flatness yeah, or roundness. I mean, like in our it reality, it could be both because you're looking at it and or it neither be exactly. That's what I mean. And then you zoom out neither. and it would render a ball because it's a a very complicated piece of. It, it would mean that the ground there. underneath you is flat, Brie, but the ground underneath you is not Earth. So how could the Earth be flat? Just in our simulation, though. The implied idea. But that's what I'm saying, though. So, but if it's a simulation, though, it's not real. So there's no way it could be flat or not flat because your version of it is only what you see in front of you, never the bigger view. So you could never actually grasp whether or not it was whole or full unless you were standing outside of the simulation, the one who wrote it, and you know what that map looks like. Is what I'm saying. Like there, there would be no way for us to decide whether the Earth was flat or not because it's a computer game. Well, yes. And like we don't know if it's one giant simulation or if everyone's in their own little simulation. Exactly. Which weaving in also, and out of each other. And if you convinced also, yourself that you're living in a flat Earth, that like your computer world would then arrange its pixels in a way of creating that. I don't think so because okay so like gta gta is gta a flat earth technically but that but that's what i'm saying though so you would have to apply that same thing to us being in a simulation the earth is not real so it can't be flat or round or anything because it's not real that's exactly what i'm saying though it's a simulation so it's not it doesn't exist so it can't be round or flat but it exists in your simulation. In your but simulation, your, what is it's still real? It in your in the mind. So like, that's the real? concept here of a simulated reality. 
it's whether you're experiencing it in your mind or you're actually in physically it. there right I have a feeling like people, if it's a simulation, the people that have convinced themselves of flat earth, they have generated that in their own little simulation. And then when they run their little science experiments, they somehow think that everything adds up that way because that's what they've manifested in their little simulation. Totes. Is that where the phrase living in your own world comes from? Could very much be so. Um, yeah, it's weird because like if we were all in one giant simulation, then there's a probability that there would be limitations, that things would be set a certain way. Unless there were, everyone has their own little simulation and you can just code it whatever you want, kind of like Minecraft where you can make anything that you want. Everyone has the same game, but each individual player can create whatever it is that they want inside of it. They can create you know, massive buildings or Sandbox little planets. Yeah. I think that was it for my thingy. All right. Woo! Good job, Brie. All Thank right, you, any final thoughts in our that. last few minutes before we wrap up, lovers? What's next on Deep Thought Iwaba? What's next, Brie? Game over. I don't know. You guys should pick Deep the theory. Point. All right, maybe we'll 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 talk about yeah. it. We'll discuss something. We want to thank well, you guys all so much yeah, for coming and hanging out with us today. We love you all. We know this isn't live. This is pre-recorded. But sometimes y'all in the chat get real distracting, and we have information we're trying to give you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to get serious here. We're trying to get to business, and so exactly. I think that I think that if we paid attention to the chat while we were doing this, we would have gotten so distracted oh, yeah, so and off. trying to like entertain every theory. And we can do this when this airs. We can definitely be in the chat and have these crazy ideas. But it's just a concept to play with, and I think as the days will go on if you start to think about this. You might have other things pop up in your head like, oh, well, that like that could kind of make sense in a mm -hmm. virtual world. You're just trying to stimulate your guys' brains over here, your deep thoughts, and uh, get you deep thinking. Think deep. deep. Thoughts. Stay all deep. Right. All right, guys. We got to get out of here. We love you all. Peace is deuces. We will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Toodles. Toodles.